24 here at Lane Park for 35-year-old Arthur Beetson to wear a maroon jersey. Venegata close, close cutting back the other way, catches the fence on the long foot, he's broken through, he's coming up to Edie, gets away from Edie, he's over underneath! And welcome back to Origin of the Series, and welcome back, Jeff. Thank you, Stephen. Nice to be here. Welcome to everybody. Thanks for popping in. We know we've got uh, we've got listeners in Germany, US, uh, Jamboree Heights, UK, um, UK <laughs> Ireland. We hope, yeah, all around all around the world, they come far and wide to listen to Origin of the of the Series. Uh, what uh, we're excited tonight because we've got our very first our very first guest. Who is um, a, a a mate of ours, longtime friend of ours, Dave Gibson? Who, um, if anybody's uh, from Australia, probably know Dave's work from um, Triple M in both Sydney and Brisbane. But we we want to have, um, so you know how, uh, in the interest of balance, we want to um, uh, give both sides both sides of the story. So we um, we want to get Dave a, a Bondi boy, basically. Um, uh, it'd be interesting to see his, his take on things, particularly seeing as he moved from Sydney to Brisbane for work what in the in the early nineties. So welcome Dave and thanks for joining us. G'day Steve, g'day Jeff. And can I say uh it's wonderful that uh, I heard Jeff uh, mention all the places around the world that this podcast is uh <laughs> making a splash with. But also <laughs> that it's very popular with uh yappy dogs in Brisbane. Because <laughs> uh, I can hear Jeff's in the background there, and uh, so it's great to know oh, not they, only are we popular with we're popular with humans, but also with small yappy dogs. That that's actually our target <laughs> audience, Dave. That's what we're going for, and and we're doing well. We're doing good, actually. I'm very excited about this um, because, as as Jeff said. Um, I, uh, we, along with my uh, my radio partner Rob Duckworth, we did the Gibson and Duckworth show, uh, ninety two and ninety three in Brisbane. So I um, I lived there for two years, uh, bought a house there, and I settled in. I thought I was going to be there for the long the long haul. It didn't work out that way, but um, uh, I got to see uh, Brisbane. I got to be part of Brisbane, really. Um, for for a while there, and uh, really enjoyed the experience. Although it was uh, it was an it was an uneven experience. There were there were there were some low points, notably around state of origin, as it happens. Yeah. So what was so what was your take on Queenslanders? I mean, be, before and after UK, did you come with any sort of preconceptions or? Yeah, obviously, because um, you know, I I, I grew up in Sydney. And I was at uni uh, in the uh, late seventies, early eighties, when um, uh, Joe Bielke Peterson was at his at his zenith. And uh, you know, we used to, you know, being a you know broadly broadly progressive guy at uni, a bit of a lefty. Uh, you know, I was no fan of Joe, but we <laughs> we, we viewed we viewed. Queensland kind of askance, you know, we 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 sort of thought, you know, kind of it, it was easy to write Queensland off as kind of the hillbillies of of uh, of, of of Australia. Mm, yeah, easy target. Um, 
yeah, yeah, easy target. But also there was there was a little bit of truth behind that. Um, you oh, know, yeah, the, of course, of course. I mean, New South Wales was Look known Russ, for Russines. Well, sure, sure, Ed, but New South Wales was known sure, for its corrupt uh, politicians. Yeah. So, you know, um, uh, you, you couldn't say that was um, a particular weird thing, you know, for us. Uh, when uh, when you came up to Brisbane, um, one of the first things you would have noticed was that I was gone. And um, <laughs> I was uh, I would just come back from time to time. And you were very kind to kind enough to include me in the uh, famous lunches, the Triple M uh, lunch experience. Um, after the well, after your show, and that was well. One very of the things of one of the things I noticed uh, when I got there was that there was an enormous <laughs> Steve shaped hole in the <laughs> in the Brisbane experience. And you know That's the right. funny thing is the funny thing is Steve that that I and this is and I say this to my great shame, but also there's a bit of pride here. Um. You, or I think it was you, reminded me recently that at one point uh, after one of those big lunches, I hired a stretch limo and got the three of us down to the Gold Coast That's to true. the casino. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. When, yes. when you mentioned it and, and I said to Jeff, what's Steve talking about? Uh, he said, mm. you remember that time that you hired a stretch limo and took us down to the, the, Gold, the Gold Coast and casino? We, and we met... We met your mate AJ and his lovely wife at a Chinese restaurant in the casino. <laughs> yeah, and 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 isn't it a, a, a sign of the times that of those times that I have absolutely no memory of that? Yeah, I remember it. I remember it clearly. And the, and the bit that impressed me the most was was not just that I now had a mate that had contact with um, people in stretch limos, but that you said to the limo driver <laughs> when you when you asked him to come round. First, pop into a decent bottle shop and get a couple of cold bottles of Stolly. Just pop them in the back of the, the limo and we'll take care of them from there. And he did. <laughs> I thought you were joking. <laughs> no that's wonder exactly I can't happened. remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, good time was had. Well, I'm glad. Heady times. Now, now just like one thing on the... Uh, <laughs> um, do you know that... I, I I must have been one of those uh, hillbilly redneck guys because I wasn't aware as a Queenslander that we had this reputation. I, I, I honestly, I didn't know. I didn't know until, I guess, in my early 20s when I, I started travelling a little bit more uh, around Australia. Not that I did very much, but um, I only became aware then that we had this, our, our reputation preceded us as, as rednecks. Um, I didn't know. How would it's I know? It's funny because when mm. I got to Brisbane, um, and I'd never, I'd only ever sort of visited there a couple of times just for actually for work, uh, and that was just for a day or two. Um, so when I, I got up there with Rob Duckworth at the end of 91, never intending to stay, just intending to sort of see how the act was, I found that you know there's that thing about you you I'm surprised you say you didn't know because there's there was a kind of chip on the shoulder aspect of a lot of Brisbaneites 
that I think comes oh, yeah. well, from... Oh, yeah, well, I had that. I had that. Yeah, but, um, but doesn't that come from kind of kind of appreciating that the other side of the coin, the, the, the people talking to you kind of think you're inferior somehow or...? or... Well, I, I think, um, and this this is sort of a, a, a neat sort of uh, description of why uh, Jeff and I sort of started talking about putting this show together was... Um, the only contact I had on a sort of regular basis with um, people from south of the border was during state of origin time or during rugby league uh, interstate time. I didn't and, until much later than the sort of the, ep, the times we're covering now. I didn't have much contact, um, regular contact with anyone from from um, from down south. So I, I just didn't know. That, I did have the chip on the shoulder because it used to just annoy the crap out of me that um, our players were leaving and going down to Sydney and then coming back and beating us, you know, the, the standard issue uh, with Rugby League. And it used to annoy the crap out of me that we never got more than one or two players in the, uh, in the test team. Um, apart from that, I was just constantly dispirited that we never won anything, uh, that our Sheffield Shield team was always a, you know, a bridesmaid. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, but apart, apart from, that, from that, apart from that, apart from the sporting side of things, did it yeah. not occur to you that having a um, substandard government and uh, no arts scene of any sort or intellectual scene of any sort may have also added to your sense of inferiority? Well, you, you'd think so, <laughs> but, but didn't I, I was acutely aware of the um, the nature of the Queensland government and, you know, police state was, was a phrase that we used all the time uh, because it largely was, you know, it was put into stark relief when things like that, um, that dead Kennedy's incident uh, happened that mm. Jeff and I were talking about a, a few episodes ago. Uh, and, you know, we were, we were actually there to witness a, a black guy get arrested for being, you know, in possession of curly black hair and thick lips. And, yeah. um, you know, so I, I was very much aware of what the uh, what the sort of the political <clears throat> backdrop was, but I, I guess I hadn't just sort of put the whole picture together that it wasn't necessarily as bad as this uh, everywhere. Um, I don't know. I, it, it just didn't occur to me. I don't know why. <laughs> it certainly has since, but at the time it didn't. Well, perhaps um, like a lot of Queenslanders at the time, you uh, you weren't encouraged to have an inquiring mind. Oh, that hurts. Um, you might oh, be right. Uh, it's um, on. It's on, kids. It's on. <laughs> I prefer to think. I prefer to think that this was pre-internet, and therefore I didn't have any access to real information. Well, I, 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 I got internet about the same time you did, Steve, and I certainly had access to a lot of information before it. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, then I've no excuses. Maybe, maybe that, but maybe that was a Sydney thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I have no excuse. Anyway, well, there we are with our chips on our shoulders, and yeah. um, and 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 all these yeah. years later, I, the, this is my only recourse to put a put a put a podcast together <laughs> to try and right the ships. Yes. Set so things right. What, what a, <laughs> well, I'm not sure that we're going to, but we'll give it a good old shot. So what else was going on in um, – we're going to talk about 83. So what else was going on in uh, 83, gentlemen? I reckon we'll, talk, we'll mainly talk about music. There's a couple of things I want to bring up because I know 
we're all big fans of uh, Blackadder. So Blackadder was first shown mm. on um, on TV in '83, um, which was uh, groundbreaking, and it just followed that trend. We'd already had the young ones, but, it, but that that whole um, subversive British British comedy, which we all we all love. Um, yeah, but wasn't that talk- first? Sorry, that that first series was disappointing, wasn't it? I, I, the, I never... the funny thing is, yeah, yeah the the, yes. the, the very yeah. first series yeah. was just, um, and I'm trying to think of the guy who wrote it that subsequently wrote it with Ben Elton. Uh, well, Richard, uh, Curtis. Wrote, Richard Curtis. Richard Curtis. Richard Curtis. Yeah. Richard Curtis yeah. wrote it uh, to begin with by himself, and Blackadder yeah. was a frightened, insecure little guy, mm. and mm. it. I'm glad they sort of went, look, why don't you get Ben Elton in? And they completely 180'd it and uh, made him oh, into this Oh, the first star. series was, t- was terrible. Yeah. It's funny mm. seeing it back. Um, where he's this little guy and he's, oh, and he's all sort of, oh, and he's nervous. And then suddenly he becomes this incredibly sarcastic, superior, very clever um uh, sort of guy, and then they did two, three, four. They did three more series of it. Yeah, yeah, and and one of those rare series that yes. it actually didn't, in my opinion, didn't lose any quality. It just it was just no. great, great, great throughout. Um, and they went it from ended, <coughs> ended well. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. That what that, was it? That end, shot, that end shot of the the of all the cast or most of the cast. Frozen as they go over the over the uh, top, uh, yeah, over the top is where yeah. it just you you go, oh god, that hits me, and then I think they 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 just cut, they sort of fade to a scene of a field in Flanders. That it's exactly mm. right, and I, I I read much later on this was uh, particularly poignant for uh, Ben Elton because he had. A grandfather on both sides of the uh, the war um, in the Second World War. Wow! So, uh, uh, no, it okay. must, no, it must have been the must have been the First World War because he's, World War, he's yeah. as old, old as us. Yeah, yeah, he had That's a grandfather that, on both you know, sides. That, old, that terrible old joke about the uh, the guy saying, you know, you know, it's you shouldn't make jokes. You know, I, 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 I my father died in Auschwitz. He uh, he fell out of a guard tower. Oh, we were all broken up about that. <laughs> yeah, something for everyone there. Okay. Now the other thing before we go into music, one of my favourite things from 1983, one of my favourite movies was the uh, the classic um, classic movie. I think it's the I think it was Nicolas Cage's first movie, which was Valley Girl, which was um, which was. Um, Pre, it was pre all that sixteen candles and all that and all that kind of stuff, and it was your classic um, uh, to lovers love from different worlds. So he was the LA punk, and he fell in love with the um, the uh, the cheerleader. Her parents ran a health food store, and um, they you know the, the two worlds two worlds collided. But it was one of the it was one of the, funny, one of the, you my know, favorite movies from back it's then. One of, one of those. It's one of those films I've never seen, but it 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 it, yeah. it had some because Frank Zappa's daughter was it Moon Unit? That's right, Moon, Moon, Moon Unit. Zappa. Yeah, and soundtrack soundtrack was great. We talked about it. Like, yeah, sorry, but they had the, it was that Valley Girl talk 
which was the first sign of what they call now the vocal fry, where um, yeah. uh, you hear, and, and Australian girls have it now, and it's a Kardashian thing where they talk like that, and then at the end of the sentence they go, and it's like they fry in <laughs> those sentence, and they go, let's not do a lot. And they fry the end mm. of their sentences. It's called a vocal fry. And it's become a huge thing here as well. You hear girls just on the bus, as I often, you know, often, uh, you know, um, I often listen to girls on the bus. That's my only pleasure these days. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I, think, I, I think to myself, oh, there's another one of those vocal fries. Oh, I'm happy. Oh, I didn't know that that go. had a name. It drives me crazy. I can't yeah. stand that noise they make. But yeah, that's great. I can give it a name now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, Valley Girl. Yeah, it was a pretty good movie, Jeff. I enjoyed that. Um, it was a pretty good movie. Uh, it had a great soundtrack. We talked about um, "I Melt With You," yeah, the song. That, I Melt With You, the yeah. song from that. And they used to go to. Part of the thing was, he'd show her his world, and she'd show her him his hers. So he'd take her to cool underground clubs in LA, and there'd be um, the Plimsolls playing songs which appeared on the soundtrack and all that kind of stuff. So it was pretty cool. Mm. Um, her parents were hilarious as the hippies. Um, he was like, yeah, he's uh, uh, he went to, ended up going to the prom, which was didn't work out too well. Uh, yeah, but lots of, but it was just a um, a bit of a grungier, grittier uh, kind of Sweet Sixteen movie before John Hughes took over and did all you know. 16 candles and pretty in pink and all those sorts of things. Um yeah, so that was that was that was just a movie I wanted to mention but moving on to music which I'm I'm sure we can all uh we can all contribute to. Um hit songs of 1983, Every Breath You Take. Billy Jean. Isn't it funny and then later how that, that in the year thriller aired for the first time. Isn't Total it funny when you, when you think about um, every breath you take. At the time, we loved it, and since then, it's become mm. such a creepy song. Yeah, stalking. wasn't that yeah. the intent in the first place? Wasn't it about stalking? It, Maybe it was. I think, like a lot of songs, it, I think it was, and I think people just don't yeah. actually listen to the words and play yeah. it at their wedding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was a very, um, it was a very popular wedding song. It was a very popular wedding song. And then was. somebody's gone. Do you want to have another listen to this bio? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Um, it's like the cricketers there for a while used to get to choose a song that in one day cricket when they're trying to jazz it up, and they'd come out and they choose a song to um, which sort of represented them. And quite often they'd choose songs where you went. You clearly don't know what what this song's about. I think Steve Wall used to come out to um, "Better Man" by Pearl Jam, which was about um, uh, his uh, Eddie Vedder's childhood, which was subject to abuse and all this sort of stuff. So uh, <laughs> it's not new. It's like it's like "Born in the USA," you know, like it's a classic. Yeah, everyone yeah. just thinks the title the title sums it up, you know. <laughs> Yeah, or the the English but, um, um, rug, rugby union team having their um, swing low, sweet chariot, sung by about eighty thousand Brits in uh, Twickenham to a team of um, uh, black uh, players, and who who until recently thought 
<laughs> they were really getting behind them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So man, can, I, man, man, can I do it? Can I do a quick sidebar here? Um, hmm. And it's not 1983, but can I just acknowledge that uh, uh, Bobby Charlton left us hmm. uh, recently? Did. And and you know, can I just you know say that I have no, I basically have no interest in sport of any sort. But I do know that uh, Bobby was part of what they called the uh, the uh, the Busby Beauties of '58. Uh, which was the yeah. soccer team run by uh, uh, Matt Busby. He was, the, I think, the coach or the captain. I mm. can't remember. And the, the reason we manager. know this is the yeah, manager, yeah, the reason I know this is because uh, a guy, Doug Mulray, that I used to work with, uh, taught me a song um, that, you know, how uh, soccer teams sing derogatory songs to other, other teams. There's mm, one yep. song to one, uh, a, a, notab- a notably uh, horrible, a very poor team. They they used to, one, one team used to hold up five pound notes. Go, we've got more money than you, and that <laughs> that was a taunt. But this one was about the Munich air disaster, where it went down. Nice. Oh, about okay. Thing. And and the and the song was, how many died, how many survived in the Munich air disaster. And it was something, something, lost his life. Classy. Bobby Charlton lost his hair. And this is the best bit. Dermot Busby. And I can't, I can't imagine why I remember that, but when I saw Bobby Charlton had died, that song just played merrily through my brain. Yeah. Well, you can rely on the Brits to bring a, bring a touch of class to uh, every event. Right, I'll just run through a couple more. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, no, that's 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 um, that's that's classic. It's look, it's it's eighty three. So we got songs like Total Eclipse of the Heart, Flash Dance, Hungry Like the Wolf, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? That kind of thing. People enjoyed that kind of thing. Um, They're not not good things, though, are they, Jeff? That that is a list of terrible songs. Oh yeah, yeah. Although I do, I don't mind a bit of Boy George or Culture Club, but um, yeah, Boy yeah, George was the first, you know, Boy George <laughs> was a bit of a, a well, dare I say it, a queer customer, but he was the first kind of <laughs> openly out kind of gay performer. Mm. Yeah, um, and the whole, the whole gender dress, yeah, gender hair. fluidity. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and beautiful, beautiful voice, um, clever guy, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's that's yeah, 40 I, I, don't, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind, boy, George. Um, uh, number one song around the world, though, is Let's Dance by David Bowie, and he shot that uh, famous video ooh. in Australia in a pub in the middle of um, in uh, northwest New South Wales, and he touched on a few um, – he touched on – Aboriginal issues and uh, yeah, it was it was a, a classic, a classic. Um, Wasn't didn't the story go that, uh, when he when he uh, wanted to film that he wanted a lot of uh, Indigenous people in it, and the pub was whites only, and um, mm. he tried mm. to bring bring them in. They said no, nah, it's whites only, and he said, all right, what if I just pay for everyone's drinks? <clears throat> and they went, well, that's different. Uh, yeah. So 
I guess you could say a, the the very first sort of integrated um, uh, MTV or a, the very first integrated Australian music video was paid for by uh, putting everything on the bar tab. Shouting the shouting the bar. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that says about us. But... Uh, I, th- I think that yeah. says a great deal about Australian race relations. <laughs> yes. Now, so sticking with Australia now, jumping to Australia, like that segue, Australian uh, hits in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one song was Australiana by Ostentatious, uh, which everybody loved and could recite and loved wow, the. Um, I'd forgotten about that one. Uh, loved the. Well, the funnily enough, the, um, old, you know, old, 1983 was the year I. That was um, the year after that I was really kicked popular. out of uni for not studying, uh, and I tried. Um, and so '83 was a huge year for me in that way because I I went to the comedy store in 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 Jamison Street in Sydney. Rodney Rood was the MC, and he could do tryout nights. And um, I tried out the beginning of '83. By about the middle of the year, I was actually a feature act there. Uh, and Sandy, ostentatious, was um, uh, he'd started about six months before I did, and he and I were good mates. But the guy who wrote Australiana uh, was Billy Birmingham. And Is that right? I, yeah. Yeah. No, Sandy didn't write it. Uh, Billy Birmingham wrote the whole thing. And um, uh, Billy and I uh, are still great friends to this day Um, and um, very funny man, one of the funniest men I know. And um, uh, But, yeah, no, Sandy and I were good mates back then. Um, I I really did. I thought Ostentatious himself. I thought Sandy wrote that. I thought that was his thing. No, Billy wrote that. Billy wrote that. Ah. Very Um, good. Mm. Billy, in fact, you know they both got they both did pretty well out of that. Um, Billy is the as the author, and 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 Sandy uh, ostentatious as the as the performer. Um, mm. And and Billy sort of stayed on for oh, 83, 84, maybe a bit longer as Sandy's kind of manager handler. Mm. Um, and then they they drifted apart a bit. Um, but um, uh, yeah, so Australiana was just oh god, it was huge. It's, it was huge. It was massive, wasn't it? It still is. Yeah. Like some some of those the lines from it just became I, I st- a bit like I the still car- use a bit like the castle. I still use them now. And and the yeah. car exactly. It was <laughs> it, it, it was funny enough. It was it was a kind of a uh, 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 an idea that like Billy would do it at. Not not do the actual bit, but Billy would would often just say, "Oh, how much can a koala bear?" And you know, da da da. He'd just say that in his conversation. That was kind of his shtick. So mm. when Sandy needed some stuff, um, he Billy came, sort of thought, knuckled down, and went, "Let's put all that stuff together," and it worked. Worked. God, it worked mm. so well. Yeah, Sandy's no, still doing that- it now. Really. Yeah. Does he add it to it? Does he add it to it or just keeps it nah, classic? No, nah, he just does it. 
he'll just he he, he can do mm. it in his sleep. I'm sure he actually I'm sure he actually does it in his sleep occasionally. <laughs> I, I, I have to tell you, lads, I may need to edit this bit out because um, I think to this day, my kids think I made up all those sayings that I use all the time. If they, if oh, they find no. out there's an external source of my genius, my, 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 whole, my whole image could come crashing down. See, the, the, the thing I get out of that story, Steve, is that your, your children actually listen to this. Yeah, just on the odd occasion where I might mention their name. I think that's, that's, this, this is a close brush with celebrity for them, Dave. Very good. Well, uh, uh, we, should, okay. we should start talking. Well, just a couple other yes, things sir. in 83 before we, uh, before we hit the footy um, that yeah. I, I just wanted to mention. So one, one sporting one, um, 1983 – we actually held the um, Queensland Open golf event that year. We didn't we didn't hold it every year um, for for financial reasons, but uh, I, I certainly went to a few. Uh, not not as a player, sometimes as a caddy, but usually as a spectator. Um, but in '83, it was held at uh, Royal Queensland, and uh, Greg Norman won and uh, held a 45 footer to win by a shot from uh, Bob Shearer and. Aussie Moore. Um, okay. so that, was a, that was a big one for, for Greg. Um, hasn't hasn't uh, Greg done well uh, uh, recently by <laughs> coming, out of, yes. coming out of the, uh, the ocean with, uh, with, the, uh, with, the, with, the, with the pants um, wet showing the sloop? Um, yeah, he's, and, he's and, a PR and, nightmare. Well, I don't know. I, I think, I, you know, everybody went, oh, everybody sort of bunched up their 90 about that. But I think Greg's just sort of slightly to himself gone like, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, he's um, he's certainly big news. <laughs> he's always been big news, as, as Greg. He's big news. And they, they call him Greg Big News. <laughs> Norman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, in 83, he was just Greg Norman, the golfer. And, um, uh, and well, From... no, 80, 84 was when he really hit the, the big time. Yeah, um, that's when he won uh, his the West Lake Open, whatever it was, wasn't it? Was I, that then that he sort I of think, got a bit uh, national? That, no, that was, that was before. That was, oh, that was oh, okay. 78, 79. That was, that was. Uh, oh really? A few years make eighty four when he hit the the world stage. He, I think eighty four. Now mm. I, I may be wrong on this, but I think eighty four was the year where he led every major at some point um, that that year and uh, didn't win any of them and lost. I think <laughs> yeah. I think back then that, he, that pattern continued. I think back then the closest he'd come to Saudi Arabia was having a kebab. <laughs> probably, probably, but he, uh, he that Turnbull, Turnbull uh, shopping town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, that was eighty three. Also, eighty three was uh, now. I'll, I'll just mention this briefly, uh, lest I bring down the tone of the show. Mm. But um, eighty three, we had the state elections. Eighty three, and uh, to nobody's big surprise. Um, the National Party, led by Joe Bjarke-Peterson, won, um, but this time won enough seats to uh, to govern in their own right. 
Um, so won more than 50% of the, the seats after a couple of libs had crossed the floor and joined the Nats, um, but had only won something like 38 or 39% of the popular vote, thanks to the wonderful gerrymandering that um, was the uh, source du jour of the Nationals' votes uh, at the time. So this was the, the high point in Joe's uh, political uh, time. After this, the, the God complex would kick in completely and he would um, go for the Joe for PM uh, campaign, which ultimately, and thank mm. God, failed. And um, he would soon be found out to be the crooked, nasty little bastard that he always was. And well, I um, think the Joe for Canberra um, uh, thing was the thing that brought Howard down in about uh, 87, I'm thinking. Right. Um, when yeah. Um, yeah. Howard was looking kind of all right, he kind of gotten through all the the Andrew Peacock stuff, and it emerged sort of victorious there. And he was looking, you know, Hawk and you know Keating were looking just slightly on the shabby side at, at that point. And um, Howard kind of had a had a way in, but. Uh, the Joe for PM, um, you know, uh, uh, barnstorming thing, completely screwed him. Um, so we, we've got Joe to thank for that, at least for something. Yeah. Something good came out of it. <laughs> it's, it's hard to associate that man with, uh, with positives, but, yeah, okay, I'll give you that one. And actually, Dave, in answer to one of your earlier questions, that might be the moment where I've first recognised um, the redneckery that uh, that represented Queensland, mm. and um, and I, I saw us for exactly what we were at the time. Um, because you grow uh, up, you grow up in some, something, and you don't think about it, and then you suddenly hear that's right. other it's the, people it's talking the about the frog it. Going, thing. Wow, yeah, yeah, but it, but also you mm. you you hear other people talking about you, and go, mm. oh, gee, are we a bit um, are we a bit less than perfect? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, that was uh, that was Joe in in eighty three, and uh, we'll definitely come back to him uh, later on. Oh yeah, we, he he'll feature big we, time later down the track. He, he um, certainly will. Um, eighty three. Yeah. One I, other I thing, worked, I just want to. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I was going to say I worked with a guy who was Joe's nephew. This is only about five years ago. Joe's his Joe's nephew. This kid was not the. It was not the sharpest tool in the uh, shed. This guy said, "You shot me, Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe couldn't be corrupt because he would have a nicer house. <laughs> His house at Kingaroy <laughs> wasn't that great." That's you know the funny thing is there's a bit in that because mm. you you know being from Sydney, um, a lot of a lot of celebrities. I'm thinking like you know Roger Rogerson, Eddie Smith. All the old time crims, um, who were you know mm. part of the fabric here, um, they had nice houses, but it was like, and, you know, I remember reading a biography of uh, Nettie Smith, and they said, look, at one point he was making three million dollars a week from heroin, and thinking like, mm. but he lived in a you know a nice house, but not a like he he wasn't living in you know that house from Dynasty, yeah. and you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, he, Kardashian. He, and you, you sort of mm. wonder, and then 
when he fell down, it was like, well, he could pay for a few lawyers, but not that many. And you're thinking like, where? Don't they save? Don't they put that money away somewhere? You know? Yeah. Because Joe didn't have Joe didn't have an ostentatiously rich lifestyle. Um, yeah, interesting yeah. too. It, you don't ever hear either what uh, happened to any money attached to Joe, whereas you did with um, down the track with corrupt figures from Fitzgerald Inquiry. You heard about Terry Lewis loading loading uh, bags of money into his car. He lived in a house he could clearly not afford and all that kind of stuff. But Joe... That, that's part of his shtick, wasn't it? I'm just the hillbilly, not the hillbilly, but I'm just a but again, simple you know, guy, you know, if, living if, on the farm. If I was making three million dollars in cash a week, um, I would be uh, living in a spaceship with a, an, an emerald-tipped <laughs> spaceship with um, an intravenous drip of a fifty-year-old Macallan malt and cocaine up each nose. <laughs> I wouldn't be living in a nice, I wouldn't be living in a really nice house on the Gold Coast. So where did it go? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure that he got Maybe that right. much. I, I, my um, having having read the uh, the excellent um, books written by um, Matthew is it Matthew Condon, Jeff. Matt Condon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Condon, yeah, really excellent uh, series of books about the. Um, that time in, in Queensland, I'm not sure that the money that each of them made was that big. It, it seemed to be a lot of small money. I mean, in fact, I remember, who was the police commissioner? Was it Terry Lewis? Terry that, Lewis. Oh, my God. Yeah. Terry Lewis, yeah. Yeah, Terry Lewis. Terry Lewis lived in a very salubrious, for Brisbane, up at Paddington where there's the water tower. It really, Garfield something, it's called Garfield Terrace or something yeah. like that. And... Uh, yeah, he and he and he renovated it within an inch of its life. It was clearly they were unashamedly spending more than a commissioner had. Other people associated with him, who were on very basic cops' wages, were sending their kids to prestigious schools. Everybody kind yeah. of knew, but you know that's 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 for another that's a story not, for another day. Not going but, like <clears throat> like your local sergeant isn't spending, uh, you know, five weeks a year. Uh, in a suite in in a Paris hotel. No, no, no. But that, so where's, it, where's the money go? You know. Well, I think to the likes of Terry it, Lewis. Yeah, yeah Jack, again, Jack but Herb, he, he, he's taken he's taken a nice woman's woman's weekly world discovery tour with his wife now and again. He's not flying yeah. a Learjet to Marrakesh. Mm. Well, maybe it just wasn't that much money. Maybe it was, you know, a, a good bit of money spread thinly across a bunch of crooks. I don't know. We'll find it out. Also does, it, it also does say, though, I think there's a social comment here, which is that if you have a lot of money, the public expectation is that you've got to go and acquire some really gaudy stuff. You, if you, or if you've got to take your mates to the Gold Coast in a stretch limo. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yes, and, and that's, the, what we, that's what we call a that's what we call a callback. Yeah, that's, that's right. In the, in the comedy in the comedy business, that's what we call a callback. Well played. Yes, yes well done. Well done. We we're in the presence of giants here. Yes. Ah, oh, dear.
so it. one one last eighty uh, one last eighty three comment, um, and I, I know this is going to divide <laughs> the, the small audience we have because uh, I want to talk about rugby union for a second. But eighty three was a was a great year in that um, Argentina toured Australia, gave Australia a spanking in the um, uh, in the first test, and demolished the Australian scrum using a, a, a technique which I'm. I may get this wrong, but I think it was Bajadita, which is just means uh, low and strong, where the scrum would pack down lower and push harder and uh, push Australia off the ball constantly. Uh, Argentina then played Queensland country and did much the same to them, uh, beat them handily and demolished the scrum. And Australian rugby, or Rugby Australia, responded the only way they could by going to their uh, best Argentinian prop and encouraging him to defect effectively and um, take out Australian citizenship and would play for Australia uh, for several years after that. So that's the great... Remember, though, though that it was... Was it 81 was the Falklands War? Yep, that's right. Yeah, you know, they were two years... They were. It it had only Mm. been two years since they had basically... you know, uh, uh, for a war against the Commonwealth, against Her Majesty. <laughs> yeah, and as bad as that was, it wasn't nearly as bad as demolishing our scrum. So no. we had to, we had <laughs> yeah, that to... was serious. This was serious. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So are you so, telling uh, me? Yeah. Because you know, you know, as I as I'm an ignoramus about sport, are you telling me that you can actually have a scrum where the person that's feeding the ball in doesn't actually the team doesn't actually get possession of it? It is possible. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't know it by looking at um, rugby league as it is played today. But yes, that is the principle of the scrum: mm. is that it is a contest, and the 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 non feeding side might occasionally win the scrum. I know uh, it's outrageous, I mean, but that's, um, that's, that's the idea. You, I'm I'm I, I'm gobsmacked. Yeah. Hey, well. we haven't um, we haven't mentioned uh, while Dave uh, has no great insight into sport he's the voice of uh, the promos for bludging on the blind side with roy and hg so you used you know you know the terminology you know the terminology very well and um well i, I mean i'm familiar with the script um... <laughs> i listen to that show all the time dave i, I didn't know that, that was you I, i'm i am cedric uh, uh, cedric cedric s sump or the sumster at the beginning yeah uh, <laughs> hook, hook another lucky trout hg um, I'm that voice. Um, and the funny thing is, I I don't. I, they write it, and I know mm. both of them. I know. In fact, I <laughs> here, here's a story for another day. I actually did a movie with um, uh, uh, John Doyle, who's who's um, uh, Roy Slaven. I actually did a movie called Outback Vampires with him in 1987. Mm. But we'll save oh, that. I remember for that. But. Um, um, they write those promos, those bits in between, and um, I do them uh, just with their producer. And constantly, and this is a constant thing, I have to always get reminded how to how to pronounce Vlandis, 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 John. Yeah. Yeah, John. Yeah, oh, John yeah, yeah. And and often there'll be a there'll be a a, a a player's name, and the producer's not 
not really into that. He's into league a bit, but more than I am. But often we'll have to um, we'll have to go to Google. You know those Google things where they the, somebody pronounces phonetics, it. yeah. And yep. because there'll be a football, and a lot of Pacifica names, you know, and stuff like oh, yeah. And and I'm going like, I've got no idea how to pronounce this. I don't know who this person is. I know how to do the joke. I just don't know how to pronounce it. My favourite was my favourite one is um, where it's a it's an ad for um, a law firm for Souths that that deal with Souths problems. And it's it's Tobabog and da da da, and the, and the line is dealing with all South Sydney, dealing with all South Sydney problems from parking fines to murder. Ah <laughs> uh, dear, uh, very red that's fern. Good. That's, yeah, it's like a promo for underbelly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> So Tuesday the 21st of June, 1983, just to make my embarrassment complete, we're still not playing on Wednesdays, still Tuesdays. Dave, this is this has been a running embarrassment for me. I, I had it in my head that State of Origin was always played on Wednesday. We're up to episode eight, and we haven't found one yet on a Wednesday. Still Tuesdays. And it uh, the weather in Sydney on the day, well, it had been raining heavily, and uh, the SCG was... Uh, it was a bit of a quagmire, and as a cricket lover, it always breaks my heart mm. to see the, uh, the the centre square, the wicket um, area, just absolute mud heap. Um, but anyway, really, that's, really, that's what it, really, that's and, what it is, and isn't it awful when they leave the wicket up uh, for state of origin? That's right. <laughs> inconvenient. Very. Inconvenient. Dodge those dumps. It was just yeah. Oh. So you know, Ella, you know, Ella and Kenny with the new the steps, you know, they did. It's like they weren't there, so yeah, didn't it didn't interfere with they the game. Did. So let's. Uh, why don't we uh, run through the teams, uh, Jeff? Who would you like this week? I'll go with New South Wales. Okay. Um, well, off you go. And it was a a massive change uh, from game game one. Uh, fullbacks Marty Gurr from the Roosters. Hmm. Um, on the wing, Neil Hunt, Eric Groth, Parramatta. In the centres, Mick Cronin, Steve Aller, Parramatta. Uh, 5'8", Brett Kenny from Parramatta. Um, halfback, Peter Sterling from Parramatta. Uh, the lock was Ray Price from Parramatta. <laughs> uh, second row, Gavin Miller. How, how was Parramatta doing in the, in the comp this year? Seemed to be they were doing quite well. heavily represented. They were doing quite, yeah, funny that they were doing quite well. Did it, ever, did it ever occur to them to just get Parramatta to play against Queensland? <laughs> that was that was more your Amco <laughs> Cup with Ray Warren midweek stuff. But now was yeah. was was Steve was Steve Allen one of the Ella boys? The the he was yeah cousin 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 cousin, cousin of cousin. Um, of Mark Glenn and Gary Mark yeah, because yeah. you know the, the famous story about Wally their father Wally Ella no. Uh, he walked into uh, Randwick Rugby Club one day and some wag called out to him, what are you doing here, Wally? Why aren't you at home making more Ellers? <laughs> <laughs> and then Steve Ellers' nickname was the Zip Zip Man. Remember that? Zip Zip Man. In fact, we're going we're gonna to come on to uh, Steve Eller uh, later. He's going to okay, be we'll, the we'll uh, feature, featured player this week. So it's Gavin Mill in the second row with Paul Field, who was direct playing out of Cootamundra. New South Wales had this thing. I don't know what – I don't recall, but they kept 
playing, uh, picking a player straight from uh, a country the country club, not even a club, as an area. So, yeah, Paul Field from Cootamundra, Lindsay Johnston, who was out of the country but playing for Norths, I think, at the time, Ray Brown yeah. from Manly in um, as hooker. And just to mix things up a bit, um, Jeff Gerrard uh, from, from Parramatta. Um, in the reserves, we had Steve Mortimer from uh, Bulldogs and Stan Jurd from Parramatta. So eight out of the 13 players were from Parramatta, Add Jurd, Stan Jurd, who's a bit of a cult player. Um, so, yeah, so nine out of the, uh, of the 14 were from Parramatta. And Parramatta went on that year to win the premiership, so they it was actually a you know, pretty smart move, for the, really. For, which, the, for which, the third which, year in a row. Which, which played out during this game, um, which I'll talk about in a minute. But um, yeah, Lindsay, Lindsay Johnson was originally from um, Gunnedah too, so he was another country guy. Not that some of them weren't country country guys. Um, uh, yeah. uh, Sterling, for example, was born in Toowoomba, but I think he left as a as a kid. I know people used to chop that one out when they're talking about state of origin detail or why wouldn't he play for Queensland, but I think he left very young, so... We won't. If you're going to be fair dinkum about this, then Toowoomba, if he was born in Toowoomba, I mean, we went through the whole thing with Barack Obama, you know, and the the birth yeah. of movement, and like, was he really born in Hawaii? You know, if if Sterling was in fact born in Toowoomba, why the hell was he playing for New South Wales? They changed the rules. To, uh, they, they were quite rubbery for the rules for a while. Eventually it became um, where you played your first senior football until it came to Greg Inglis when they said, you just choose who you want to play with, yeah. <laughs> basically. Because he was born I, in I, I don't think, Yeah, Dave, <laughs> asking a couple of Queenslanders this question is it puts us on some pretty shaky ground. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it would, I, wouldn't it? Because it's like, well, are there any other pretenders? Yeah. <laughs> um, are there yeah. any? Are there any New South? Are there any? Are there any New South Welshmen that have perhaps adorned your team? Uh, well, um, hey? yes, Greg Inglis. Yes, Greg Inglis. <laughs> definitely. Um, and well, listen. For every time we we stumble across one of those, we always throw up Sturlo and Steve Rogers, who was born north of the border and played for New South Wales. And um, and that's where we like to end that conversation because it doesn't. Is end it a well bit like? Us. Is it a bit like gender? Is it a bit like? Okay, I'm I I identify as male. <laughs> yes. I identify as female. I identify as Queensland. I identify as New South Wales. Yeah, and then you don't get to say anything after that. And yeah. and basically, and basically, mm. if you want to go against that, you're triggering me. And you're not woke. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's it. And that's what we've yeah. been saying for twenty years. <laughs> Longer. Now on to the Queensland team who are all hardcore born and bred Queenslanders. I yeah, right. We'll see it. about that. <laughs> yeah, I think. So um we had some page because I found a couple of mistakes in uh, here recently, so let's jump onto the right one. Fullback Cole Scott. The wings, there were some changes here because uh, Rebo was injured for uh, for this game. Um, so Terry Butler comes mm. on to the, uh, the left wing. Terry Butler, former um, halfback for Brothers. Uh, features oh, really? Prom- yeah, he was starring prominent. in the famous Winner Manly team. So, um, yeah. 
he he couldn't couldn't hang on to that uh, spot for brothers, so he stepped down to uh, Wynnum, played on the wing, and got into the Queensland team. Good for him. Um, and the other wing was an odd odd choice. This one, Chris Close, plays on the yeah. on the. And this was back in the day where, when we had all three of our, our big centres uh, fit and available, um, so, uh, they they picked them. And close on the wing this time, uh, Meninga played on the wing a couple of times. And um, I, I can't can't honestly say that Chris Close is the best winger I've ever ever seen, but it was good to have him on the park. Yeah, yeah uh, centres um, morale. Yeah, and for fighting. Um, right. Meninga and uh, and Miles in the centres where where they would stay for the uh, whole series. Five eight the halfback Lewis and Murray again for the series and um, and the, and the rest of the pack is largely unchanged. In fact, is unchanged because uh, Vaughton's still at lock. Second row Fulton Smith and Niebling, the classic back three, and. Uh, cool. Front row of uh, Dave Brown, Brad Tessman, and Greg Canescu. Well, and Brown, Brown. Well, Brown came in for Broman, who was taken out in that ugly thing by um, Les Boyd, who's now in jail. Um, yeah, right. so, should be yeah. should be in jail for the rest of his unnatural life. Um, yeah, so that that's that the pack is unchanged from the um, from the last game. And on the bench, oddly enough, we have, and I, I'm still not sure this is right. Was it Brett French and Ross Henrik on the bench? Yeah, it doesn't it's, make sense why you'd have Ross Henrik on there. Um, no, at, no, at no forward replacement at all. That yeah. doesn't, doesn't sound odd. right. And I don't, I, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think either of them get on the park. No, they don't. Game, do they? they neither yeah. of those guys get on. Um, uh, Mortimer, Mortimer came on for New South Wales. Yeah. I know that. Um, uh, and the Sanjurd got to run right at the end too. So Sanjurd, uh, yeah, both New South Wales reserves got to got to run, but um, yeah, yeah, neither the Queensland uh, guys did. That was quite common for Queensland. They just they just that, stayed that, out that, there. I was going to say, Artie Beatson, not a big fan of using his uh, his subs. There's no it interchange the... bench going on. There's no strategy around that. Well, it was just you God. stayed out there and you know. Yeah. Anyway, so that you, was you the. Those were the the teams. So um, why don't you talk us through this god awful game of rugby? Look, as you look, it wasn't a great game. There's not a, a hell of a lot to. Yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute. It wasn't a great game yeah. in that New South Wales won. Well, it wasn't. That... Yeah, that's one thing. And also, it wasn't a very <laughs> but I mean, high so scoring what, game. What you're saying? Are you saying that? You, do you think you're denigrating the, the, the quality of the game because of the quantity of your points? No, no. I, I have a lot of great things to say about the New South Wales performance. Um, there's just mm. not a lot of action. And a lot of it had to do with the, um, the, the, the field. It was like the big puddle of mud in the middle and the rest looked great. Um, so they, they, they were trying to get it out, out of there. But a lot of the guys enjoyed um, rubbing the other players' faces in the mud. Um, Paul Vorton at one point um, famously just grabbed some mud and rubbed into Paul Fields and it was balled into his head. That was kind of funny. So there's a lot of music and stuff like that. <laughs> like you, like they must have seen the Betty Hill music, you know. It was hilarious. It, it was a little Three Stooges um, It was a Three Stooges the moment. The... So there was a lot of it – was, it, wasn't it, wasn't it wasn't a great game um, and I think a lot of that had to do with um, – uh, the mud, but I must say, with that the Parramatta connection, 
New South Wales um, were far more cohesive than they, they had been. And the other thing I'd say too is, I, I don't know if you, you agree, Steve, but it felt to me like it was the first time New South Wales, I mean, that's 20 odd, 25,000 at the ground. It felt like it was the first time they started to take it seriously and like they were booing Definitely. and cheering. It was, re- it was actually really yeah. good that there's that involvement because previously it had just been, oh, this is a novelty. We don't know where this is going. It felt like it had cemented itself as a uh, as something that was 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 as permanent as it could be, and um, yeah, yeah, it no, felt I, would, like, I would I would definitely definitely agree with that. There was uh, the the SCG was uh, fairly full, or, or the bits you can see from the the coverage yeah. was was pretty full, and it was pretty noisy. Um, mm. And it was it was nice to see them actually getting stuck in. And you're right at the start of the Origin stuff in uh, the first couple of games in Sydney, it was more of a, a novelty, a spectacle sort of thing. It was, and then yeah. And- can I can I ask you this? Can I ask when was the first state of Origin? Nineteen eighty. Oh, in, okay. So we're three years three in. Three years in, and so it's it started to feel, feel its way. So first year. They only played it as the third game once New South Wales had won. Same in 1981. They yeah. said once. Yeah. And then 82 was the first time they'd had it as a, a series. New South Wales didn't take it seriously because they won no. all the time. It wasn't a thing. I, I, I think New South Wales only started taking it seriously when Queensland kept winning. Yes. And then also uh, getting more and more players in the um, – Australian side, exactly. Uh, I think that, that became that, controversial and unfair yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But it was well. What, what what's that story about when uh, two teammates and I can't you know think who it was. They're, they're both from the same team, yeah. And it's state of origin, and one's Queensland, one's New South Wales. And the New South Welshman walks on, and the Queensland guy just um, uh, punches him in the chin, punches him in the nose. Yeah, so that, like that, just just as a hello, hello, uh, here we go. Before we've even started playing, he tries to knock him out, and, <laughs> and it was at that point he went, "Ah, oh, I think they're a bit serious about this." So th- this this story is uh, it's, it's largely apocryphal, um, but is based uh, on on something that actually happened. This refers to the first Origin game, where not long into the game, uh, which had started off fairly tamely, uh, Artie beats and. Uh, landed a couple on Mick Cronin's nose, and they're both from uh, playing for Parramatta at the time. Right. Um, so that, that's that's where that comes from, and and it had been um, sort of beaten up in the media before the game. It was you know state against state and mate against mate and all that sort of stuff. And uh, Jeff and I actually commented on this in the in the first game or the pre-first game. Some of that it didn't really land with us because we didn't care whether they were playing for the same team or not. They were, um, I, I know this sounds really um, sort of hackneyed and like I, I swallowed the the marketing uh, hole, but I was just happy that they were playing for Queensland. I didn't mm. care. I, I, I still don't care who they played their club footy for. When they're playing for Queensland, they're playing for me. And, um, and I guess that's that's from from my side or from our side. I think mm. that's what what really shocked New South Wales. Yeah, was that was like, oh my god, the 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 level of well, frankly, hatred, mm. yep, uh, and aggression towards somebody who's your you know on field normally for the whole season, your brother that you live and die with, and suddenly when it becomes about 
state versus state, you are this means more to you than any previous relationship you've ever had on the team before. And that still yeah. exists, I, which is which is exactly. the um, interesting thing. I, I think uh, Paul Vorton spoke very um, very candidly and quite eloquently about this a few years ago, where he he said um, it really was hatred. They absolutely. Mm despised, hated and loathed the New South Wales team and and brought that hate out onto the field. And, you know, mm. as as sort of supporters and spectators, it's it's kind of... Is it embarrassing? No, it's not. I don't care. Yeah, I hate really good, New South Wales. I hate... They're real primal. It's a very... It's primal yeah. and it's... And it's... No, but, I mean, you look, at, you look at it like just league in, 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 in Sydney mm. and you look at, and you look at, say... Um, Manly and West. You know, Manly and everybody else. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Silver Tar well, when Manly and Souths play. South you know, it's South like America there's game, a you know? It's Yeah, yeah. It, oh, well, my God, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean I I have um uh cousins and aunts and uncles. Uh I grew up in Bondi. And so you know I'm you know, I'm a Roosters fan, nominally, you know. Mm. But um I've had I have aunts love beloved aunt that that died uh, about ten years ago. She had the South's um, colours on her coffin. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and our family, my mother's family, have always been divided down the middle between Easts and Souths. It's the it's the um, what's the the Hatfields and the McCoys. Yeah, and it's you serious, know? isn't it? <laughs> it's like it it is it is. Um, uh, and it often it often came down to I mean this is about borders it often came down to what street you were born in in Sydney mm. so it's not just about being north of the Tweed uh, which I think we've established in the case of Sturlow uh, yeah. was um, a little bit uh, south of the Tweed or north of the Tweed but there it is uh, but yeah it, it is about borders it is about identity yeah it's an amazing thing yeah it's it's tribal yeah. It's um, it's yeah. it's and as long um, as it doesn't go too over the top. It's it's good, <laughs> healthy. Yeah. As long as nobody gets hurt. Well, as no, as, as long no as nobody gets murdered. About it, you know. <laughs> as long as there's no, as long as there's no bad language or <laughs> bad manners. That's right. That's right. And it all yeah. and every yes. kid and every kid gets a, gets picked. <laughs> yeah, as long as. As long as we all, as long as we all have a bit of a handshake at the end of it, and a bit of a tap on the backside, and then we're all fine afterwards. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's actually the bit that we go full circle now. That's the bit that New South Wales players never understood. You don't get participation medals in state of origin, mate. You need to win those ones. I look even. I mean, for all I know, you know about this, it. The thing I, I I keep hearing is that Queensland wants it more. Yeah. Yep. They just want it more. Yeah. And they want it more for reasons that I I having lived there for a little while, I get. I I sort of get uh I get intellectually and I get viscerally, but they do want it more. And I think that's and year after year, you keep hearing this. And you keep seeing it, and um, every time New South Wales loses a game, uh, it's like 
Well, they, you know, the, the, all the, you know, all the, the the pundits go. Well, he did this, and he should have done that. And he, mm. But it's in the end, it's about that passion, and it's about, and it gets back to that kind of. Well, you know, I, I don't want to just classify it as a chip on the shoulder, but it's it is that kind of like we're underdogs. You think we're less than yes. you. We've got to we've got to step up to the plate but, and prove that you are wrong. But the interesting yep. thing, Dave, is. We can win eight series in a row and still be under the underdogs, and we still believe it. So we still have that chip on our shoulder. We never go, "Well, we're the favourites." Like we we, we expect to win. Um, but if you, it's like it's like a family dynamic where you're the youngest kid. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's like you're change. the little you're the little brother, and you and and even when you were in your sixties and seventies, and your older siblings are still alive, you are still. The baby, mm. and you still have those issues. But it, it is you're, you're right, Dave. It is a visceral thing with us. It, it used to. Yeah. Um, I, I I was fortunate enough several years ago to um, have a, a, a sort of semi regular email correspondence with Wally Lewis, and I asked him about his experience with the um, the Queensland sort of. Um, supporters, general uh, populace. And he said that one of the interesting things that all the players noticed was after a Queensland win, the next day the papers would be full of there were parties going on until 6am and, you know, complaints about noise, you know, for days afterwards. And after a Queensland loss, total silence. There would be Mm. no complaints about anything because we would just be too hurt. It had just hurt too badly and everyone would just go to ground for a few days. And it was, yeah. I, I, th- I found it quite of interesting that that was the player's perspective. You know, they knew that they had the support, the sort of the deep guttural support of the, of the Queensland population. I knew, I knew Fatty, um, I knew Fatty Vorton pretty well, but he, he was after his, after his playing career because he was um, a sort of roving sports guy for um, uh, the Mulray show when I was doing Sydney with Doug Mulray. Mm. And um, and he had that, that same thing. It was like, mate, you know, it's like, you know, mate, it was a, it's a game, you know, like you don't get too bent out of shape about it. And he'd just look at you and it was just like, it was like I've just, I've just, my dad's died. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was, it was, it was horrible. Yeah, it um, actually hurt. It really hurt. It, it did. You know, I mean, I, I still, um, the, can I, can I tell you a, a brief story? Please, as brief as I can. Yeah. Mm. Um, when I was doing radio in uh, Brisbane, and it was, it would have been. I think 93, and by 93, um, we, we were a little bit unhappy and um, and around the state of origin time, it was, really, it was really tough for Rob and I because, you know, we talk about, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, we're, 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 you know, middle-aged white guys, you know, <laughs> you know, we're, you know, what do you know about racism? Well, I think I know about racism because... Uh, I experienced racism in in uh, in Brisbane because at, at State of Origin time, Rob and I were, you know, we couldn't lie about it. You know, we were from Sydney, and uh, we even, you know, we were sort of socially friendly with a 
couple of Broncos players and, you know, stuff like that. But try to get them on the radio show, you couldn't do it because um, it was like, mate, you know, B105's got them, you know, it's the, it's the station Brisbane built and all that bullshit. So um, we – it was the time when it was going to be announced that um, who got the Olympics, the mm. 2000. Mm. And at the same time, it was the same time. Well, I'll tell you. Well, spoiler alert. Just wait. Wait a sec. Uh, uh, um, but um, what happened was that um, at, at, at that time, Brisbane got into the semi semifinals, the Broncos, mm. and so we had Duck and I had to come back from holidays to do an uh, an outside broadcast some some idiot place to celebrate that so we're like okay we're doing that and normally what I would have done that weekend I would have flown down to Sydney and I would have been in a hotel right at right opposite the harbor bridge with your stretch limo with my stretch limo and your vodka uh with yeah with the with the vodka <laughs> with the you know with the swedish prostitutes you know the whole box and dice <laughs> You know, uh, you know, lint chocolates, uh, you know, stuff like that. And uh, after dinner, you know, <laughs> after dinner, mints on the pillow, baby. Four free pill. It was all there. It was all laid on, and money, no money, no mm. problem. And I would have been there when the announcement. One Antonio Samaras went. We need a Sydney. And I would have been there, and I wasn't. And I watched it on television in Brisbane that night, and I was so gutted that I wasn't mm. in my hometown to see that. And it kind of got me, if I didn't have it before, I had a real, it gave me a bug up my ass when it came to State of Origin. So ever since then, <clears throat> if I, I don't care much about football, but I do care about State of Origin. Well, I'm glad <laughs> it finally got to you, Dave. Yes. Penny finally dropped. I'm delighted. And it was that one time I could have been in Sydney to see one do the thing, and I wasn't. I wasn't because I was. I was at some dicky little place in Brisbane celebrating the Broncos get to the semi-finals. Well, we appreciated it. I, yeah. I hope that helps in some small way. Um, well, I hope you do, and. Um, all I, I, you know, I'm feeling a bit shitty now, and I think I need to get into a stretch limo and just sort this all out. Well, don't, don't do it until Jeff walks us through this terrible game. Yeah. Well, okay. Look, look it, it'll it'll be quite brief. Um, uh, I think the big mud patch in the middle sort of kind of spoiled the game, and like I said before, interestingly, outside it was all green. I don't know what happened, but if they could clear it, there was. Both sides were always just trying to get it out of that mud patch, apart from when they wanted to do their little jokes with putting mud on people's hair. But um, you know, look, Queensland kick off, and Lewis, as he does pretty much every game, he kicks off, and he and he, um, he he makes a point of getting down there, and he kicked it to um, uh, uh, Neil Hunt, the new winger, and he makes a point of swinging the debutante around and trying to humiliate them and say, "Welcome, welcome to Origin," and. Um, and, and which he did, and he he came out um uh, he came out quickly, Lewis, and he made four tackles in a row. So he does this thing where he just tries to inspire the side, and like he's like like I own I own Origin kind of thing. Um, 
Look, the Queensland the Queensland forwards, I think, this was the start of an era with Niebling, um, uh, Wally Fullerton Smith, who was born in Bathurst, by the way. Um, and um, what? Yeah, so I don't know how old he was when he when he left, but anyway, so Wally Fullerton Smith is a complete origin hero. It is state of origin. <laughs> anyway, so the Queensland forwards they, they set the they set the tone. This is and they set the. Um, they set the the and Vorton um, and Tasman in particular set the set a tone of really solid defence. Um, so the first fifteen minutes, as you'd imagine, it's your typical ferocious back and forth. There's a lot of swinging arms, mainly from New South Wales. Sometimes Queensland may have done it in retaliation, but um, one thing you did notice was New South Wales being a lot more cohesive because of the Parramatta the Parramatta connection. Ray Price tried to uh, trip Wally Fullerton Smith a couple of times, but that was pretty much um, his thing. Um, some really good, really good defence on both on both um, on both sides. New South Wales handling because it had been terrible in the first game, um, and that's so much so much better too. And they're, they're both in the mud, so it's it's pretty um, it's it's pretty atrocious. Um, Queensland didn't really get many opportunities. Their whole thing was swinging it wide as soon as they could, and they. And they continue this pattern and field position of, um, sorry, field position, and field a lot position. of kicking, kicked a lot, yeah, kicked a lot, uh, and that, that and that strategy they'd had for a while, where Lewis would pass to Murray, so they'd switch position, um, to so because Lewis had the bigger pass, to get it out mm. of the middle quickly. Um, one thing I'll say too is I think they missed, I think in this game they missed Rowan Hancock more than. We thought they might because he had the fractured cheekbone, and he was hmm. remember that move. So Lewis would pass it to um, to Murray to get it out of the ruck. Then Murray had a choice of Scott coming up in the middle, um, uh, Hancock coming in the middle, Lewis running back around, or just sending it out, sending it out wider. But anyway, this, this sort of continued, and um, there's a bit some good attack from both both sides. About sort of about fifteenth minute, um, uh, Queensland on the attack, and Lewis. Uh, Lewis sends it to Murray, sends it to Scott, who makes a good he makes a good break, um, like a half break mm. Scott, and sends it inside to Meninga, who is in open open field, and he's and he um, he gets away, beats Steve Aller, and he's over pretty much in the corner. Yeah, uh, it, was a, for, it was a lovely lovely move from uh, Cole Scott there. It was. It was aided aided by Brett Kenny coming up too quickly, and yeah. uh, Scott uh, got the ball around. And put Meninga into a, a nice Safe. piece of grass there. And, and look, I know. Uh, I, I, thought playing, the, I thought the commentators were pretty harsh on uh, I was Steve. Say, Arthur Summons, right, <laughs> like a legendary player, but terrible commentator. Going, yeah. like, nobody would be able to stop Meninga there, you know. No. And um, he's over in the corner, and it's a good try. They're continuing this expansive play that they've 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 developed over the last, you know. 82 series and in the first game this series and getting it wide. You know, the miles is running clear, you know, cleanly. A lot of them are getting a bit of space. And so I thought, oh, look, they're back. They're back. Um, they're back on familiar territory and they're probably going to, you know, continue. Um, anyway, so Meninga converts 6 0 and, and off we go. And we think it's, it's, all, it's all happy days. But um, from the rest of the, that, um, the second half, it's, it's still that mud's really. Really slowing things down. 
Yeah, as I was going to say, Arthur Summons' commentary is terrible. I can't wait. I can't remember when Ray Warren starts. But Ray Warren bring he brought to Origin. He brought that bloody showbiz. It's a few he? years. Yeah, it's yeah, a few years. Yeah, yeah. we we have the Daryl Eastlake years for a, a, a right. little while now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, he's and Arthur Summons is like an under twelve coach. He talks about these guys as if they're just learning. He's very yeah. Really patronising, very obvious, and dismissive, very, very dismissive of players that were of the very highest quality who were playing in a mud heap with a yeah. ball. Remember that that we're not yet playing with the uh, the all weather balls. Yeah, These are still Steeden. the old greasy Steedens, yeah. which is like ha- handling. I don't know. It, it it is soapy. It's heavy. Um, yeah, it ugh, gets heavier. Yeah, hard heavier. to handle. It hurts. Me. Can I ask you? Can I ask a question? How many how many muddy Stevens have you handled in your day? I've, well, I Dave, I don't like to brag. <laughs> when I ran out for the mighty West Kenmore Panthers under the twelves, it, can I? It, it sounds like a sexual position handling the handling the muddy Stevens. I've seen that movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's on. It's on Pornhub. So, look, look. Talking about you know being picky, like this is when Sterling really started to show his class and his toughness because he's getting thrown around, and um, like he he had a, he had a great game. And the other thing, as 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 you know, Stephen, my I, I I treated Cole Scott as as a bit of a caricature, a bit of a joke, but he's like he's, mm. he's pulled off some great stuff in this um in this game. Like he took took a, um, a, a great bomb in the twenty in the twenty fifth minute. Um, there's still a bit of just back and forth. It's it's um, and still, while New South Wales handling is a lot better, Queensland's is probably a little bit worse. But um, in about the half hour mark, uh, Sterling gets on to Kenny, who makes a great break, big step off the left foot, as we know he's got. Um, gets it to Cronin's. He's the he's the Parramatta thing happening, and Cronin's like the grand old man of rugby league now. He just stands, just delays it all a bit. And then gets it on to Neil Hunt on a debut, and he's over in the in the in the corner for a, a try. Um, and it's quite, it's like very methodical Parramatta club try. It's a good try, but it's a combination. Yeah, it they, was. Just, they, they just that's just training run stuff. Yeah. So, and classic, as you say, classic Cronin. He's just so hard to put down. And yeah. He seems to have. It's, it seems unfair, but he, he has a, an extra couple of arms. And he's yeah. able to hold off then, players with his two regular <laughs> arms, and then with his spare arms, yeah. he's able to yeah. get the ball away. It's, it's freaky. How old was Cronin at that point? I think it's thirty-four. Like, yeah, seventy-four. I, I would have put yeah. him yeah around there. Mm. No, but he he was he was sort of. Was, um, I think he was thirty-two, thirty-three. This was the the last year of his representative career. And he played yeah, and he yeah. played until eighty six. So he was about thirty. He was about thirty during this game. Yeah, but I was. He was, yeah, he was, he was sure. I think I checked. It. I think he was thirty because I went. It feels like he'd been playing forever. Like a lot of those guys, um, like like I mean, talking about Paul Carn had stopped playing Origin, but a lot of them were playing. Started playing in nineteen seventy. You know, like yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they've been they've been around and they're they're, they're hard they're hard nuts and the guys like Cronin. He didn't look particularly athletic compared to say to Steve, uh, Steve Rogers, but geez, he's just so skillful, you know. And oh um, uh, yeah, uh, he was the, he was the real deal. He, yeah. he really was. Look, um, so yeah, so it's it's um, it's six all, um, uh, and the the game just the game rolls on. New South Wales are getting um, 
all the penalties. And there's still this criticism from the first game about Gomesaw, who the Queensland sort of, um, <laughs> or, or, like he was like he was a quirky kind of guy. But there's this criticism of of him and the way he refereed the first game. And we'll just go keep won't bang on about the the Les Boyd elbow on Broman. But you know he didn't send him off. If he was a blatant blatantly biased, he just would have sent him off, which everybody said he should have. So it wasn't like while he was unusual and had a, a different kind of style. Yeah, I don't think he was. Um, I, I don't think he was. He was biased, and so I think. Um, yeah, I don't know what effect that had on the new, on the on the referee, but the penalties were going seven one to New South Wales. Um, Queensland was still piling on the good defence. New South Wales looking a lot better in attack. Um, uh, but on and you know on half time, some great play from New South Wales. Cronin. Again from dummy half, got it to growth. Who made for all all money looked like he was going to score, but as a classic tackle by my old mate and biggest fan Cole Scott pulls him down. Um, um, but he got it onto Hunt and then Brown out to Ella, um, and that that move breaks down. But you know classic classic attack and it's all very Parramatta. Um, but um, that's that's half time and it's and it's uh, it's six all at half time. Um, then starting the second half, I think the referee, somebody said, Hey mate, the, 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 penalties are seven, one, you better even them out. So Queensland got a couple more penalties early in the second half for no reason, really. Um, and, and that's exactly old. what it looked like to me. Someone a bit. tapped the guy, this on, the, on the shoulder. See where we go? No, come on. Really? <laughs> this is it's like, could it be that? Could it really be that obvious? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So they're getting, they're getting, they got a couple of penalties, got on, got on a bit of a roll. Um, but Queensland were doing this thing with when they got a, they got a penalty. They did that rugby union thing. We talked about it last match where they, they, it's just this weird thing where they got some decoys and side runners, and it, it really didn't work. It was just, um, it, I think it just sort of made them an easier target in defence and confused, confused themselves a bit. And I think it just, just slowed things down. Look, um. I think they got they went into the mud patch and started doing dubstep. Yes, I think so. I think, <laughs> or was that another game? I can't remember. Hey, look, they're still after Wally, so look, Wally's still copying cheap shots, you know, as as you'd expect. Um, they're still, I think, too. The I think the commentators, I think particularly, um, um, when it came to Sterling, they're starting to talk him up. Like he kicked this like a grubber kick ten meters into touch, and they'd carried on like he'd kicked the. Um, you know, a, 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 a forty twenty, a modern day forty twenty. But they, I think they're starting to get on. I think they're capturing, getting onto the idea that Sterling is a really good player. Um, around this time, poor old Eric Growth gets injured, which I was the like he was a deadly player, Eric. But he was like the more we got to know him, he's a bit of a he's a real um, a real softy. So I didn't like to see him get get hurt. Anyone else, totally cool with that. But Eric, I, I didn't like to see him, and he's such a great, a great player. So he was limping around, and they cut to the they cut to the sideline, going, "Oh, Eric's not in good shape. Steve Mortimer might might be coming on. He's on the touchline doing star jumps, <laughs> like it's like like it's not. Well, it is nineteen eighty three. He's actually just doing star jumps, like to to warm up to come onto the field. So I I thought that was worth. <laughs> the last time anybody did a star jump, I know. <laughs> Outside of a out, outside of a music video, I mean, you know. yeah, that's right. It was like it was like Footloose or something. He's doing star jumps. Um, 
anyway, remember now it's still six all. We're we're getting it's it's pretty much midway through the second half. Um, New South Wales go wide. Marty Gurr, the the East fullback, the only the only the only bloke not from Parramatta in the uh, in inside. Um, he makes a great break and um, he gets he gets it down the right hand side. He kicks it through, and then Cronin's following through. He just toes it on a bit a bit further, and Steve Ella swoops on it and picks up the score. So it's it's ten six. Um, growth finally leaves the field. Steve Morton has really warmed up by now because he's done a lot of star jumps. So the trainers countered the star jumps and went, "Yep, yeah, you're, you're good to go now." Okay. Then, then, so um, yeah, it's just um, you know, there's some there's some um, some really still ferocious ferocious defence from Queensland holding them out. Um, time's running out. They're still they're also but they're banging on about um, price now. I don't know about you, Steve, but like, it felt like he's an automatic selection every time. Price, I, and I, I, I thought I thought he was sorry. way way past his best at this point. And he was a um, nasty old bastard, wasn't he? Trying to trip people all the time. He was. He was. Just he seemed a little bit. Um, I don't know. Angry. He he, he 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 had lost what pace he had at this point, and he he, he definitely wasn't. He was one of those old guys. Uh, no, yeah, I, I, I've got to make up for that with nastiness. So, yeah, in which he did, yeah. he did well. Um, look, <laughs> Queensland, Queensland was still still playing well, getting you know putting some good attack together, but um, and getting some more penalties. I think they were still playing the, the make up penalty game. Um, but time was run was was running out. There was one moment in um, when um, I do I do with that. I... So it's midway through the second half, Queensland, they you know they were on the attack and um, on the back of the Meninga run. So Meninga's Made it, made a great break. Got, gets it to Murray. Then he gets a ball inside to Lewis, who goes into score. But it's a massive, it's a massive shepherd. Like Lewis looks filthy about it, but it's it was clearly a shepherd. Um, uh, and that leaves the score at ten six. Um, couple of a couple of attacking moments at the end. You know, Lewis put up a bomb that Miles nearly got to, but left it left the score at ten six, and that was kind of fair enough, I thought. Um, yeah. A pretty, pretty forgettable game, really, um, and to to the point where I had uh, well, literally well, well, forgotten now, wait, most of wait, it. Now, wait, wait, yeah, wait, now, yeah. now, wait a minute. Yeah, no, we forgettable. In what in what sense? In in that I had, it was a bad game. It was a bad game. I it had, was a it was a game that didn't that didn't uh, display any alacrity in terms of the, uh, the the playing of the game, or is it just because you lost? Well, um, Dave, if if you if you're here to provide some balance, I, I have to tell you, my friend, it's not it's unwelcome on the show. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's I'm I, I got I'm playing with one arm behind my back here, you know, because I know nothing about football. <laughs> but it just seems to me you just keep harping on about the mud patch in the middle of the deck <laughs> of the yeah, damn thing. Be mud there. And uh, and there's not a lot. Then there's not a lot else I'm hearing. Well, Mick Cronin's good. But with, if there's no Mick, Cron- there, Mick Cronin, Mick- great, yeah. And maybe uh, Steve Mortimer should have been packing heat. Yeah. Uh, maybe he should have come up been, been allowed to have a sidearm at the end. Mm. Uh, maybe uh, some of the players should have been allowed to have joy buzzers in their hands you know, or something like that, you know, to, to distract uh, the referee at least. But you know, I mean, uh, we won. This is a, this is good commentary from us because normally we'd be saying we were ripped off. 
We wouldn't normally be, be this balanced. Mm, we have maybe I'm I'm like maybe it's like I'm like dad in the room, yeah. you know, I'm like going, I'm like, you two kids now play nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, well we're not going to. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah we know what happens next game. So much like Queensland back then. Yeah. Hey. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, see what I did there? Hey. I saw it. <laughs> now, now, which brings us neatly on to um we can leave that match now. Don't need to talk about that ever again. No. Um, but it does bring us neatly on to our featured player this week, who we've mentioned a couple of times. Steve Aller, Stephen John Aller, born in July 1960, is now 63, still a young fella. Uh, he would play four games for Australia between 82 and 85 and seven Origin games between 83 and 85. He, uh, he played only for Parramatta in, um, in Australia, played uh, a little bit of uh, footy in the UK. He played, <clears throat> excuse me, Nine seasons, or he was registered for nine seasons with Parramatta, played 153 games, scored a lot of points. Um, I'd forgotten that he actually kicked goals at the start of his uh, career as well. He's uh, scored 552 points for Parramatta, including 94 tries. He won four premierships, 81, 2 and 3 and 86. Um, But that 86 would be the start of the end for him because he uh, injured his shoulder in 87 and that would be the start of the end of his career and he had several shoulder operations and retired at the age of 28. Um, he, as as you said earlier, Dave, he is uh, part of the Aller clan. He's a cousin to uh, Mark Glenn and uh, Gary, the fabulous uh, rugby players. Um and and I mean he had a he had a great career. He was a he was a fabulous player. But and he, here's a here's a fun fact too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made all his own clothes. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that that's true. Uh, well, maybe I'll be misinformed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, difficult to persuade me on that one. But he. he as as good a player as he was, I, I think I'd be tempted to say he had a an even more significant second half of his life. Um, at the moment, he is the head of the Aboriginal <laughs> Health Service at uh, Gosford Hospital. And prior to that, he had spent 20 years in drug and alcohol counselling, um, working with uh, uh, Indigenous uh, people. He has a master's degree in philosophy and a graduate diploma in Indigenous health promotion. Um, he is a, an incredible guy. He he works closely with the, um, and I may pronounce this incorrectly, and I'm sorry, the Kari Aboriginal Services, Kari, Kari, uh, which supports Aboriginal children in foster care uh, to ensure that these children are supported in an environment that champions Indigenous culture and heritage. I took that quote directly from their website because I think they've said it so well. I certainly couldn't say it any better. Wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, he is. He is. It an just amazing goes guy. to show. It just goes to show that the um, the Ellers aren't just classy when it comes to the boot. No, exactly. Well put. They are just classy. They're just mm. incredible yeah. people. Um, so you know, what do we think of when we think about Steve Eller? Well, you know, having said all that. Yeah, he was a he was a good footy player. 
he was a balanced runner, seriously quick. I mean, he mm. was. I, I hated that name, Zip Zip Ma'am, because it just sounded like a terrible nickname. But he was really quick through the gap, and the combination with Cronin was fantastic. Um, the yeah. the ability to yeah. run off those uh, short balls uh, from Cronin with his extra arms um, was was very effective for uh, Parramatta. Um, great player, career cut short by injuries, and that that's a shame. But the way he has spent his post rugby league life, uh, I would suggest. He has had an even greater impact after he mm. played. Um, and, uh, yeah, a wonderful human being. Wow. I didn't know any, I didn't know about that, that post-league career. So. Yeah. Wow. So good on Steve Allen. What, what, a, what a great guy. And, and uh, I think a, a fitting uh, guy to talk about in this match. Awesome. <laughs> so that was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that was uh, game two, 1983. So... I th- unless anyone else has anything to... No, I'd just like to thank, thank, thanks, Dave, for popping in. And if you'd like to join us in the future, we, um, yes. we, we might be able to find... We have some... We have some- well, look, I'd love to, uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, there, there may well be some comments uh, uh, across your, um, your very widespread audience so, uh, advising you not to get me back on. I don't know. Well, I have, um, I have but ac- if, I've if, actually... If people, if, if people in Reykjavik... Uh, or uh, or where, wherever else, uh, wherever you may uh, spread your seed, uh, decide they'd like to hear more of me. Then I'm more than willing to uh, to uh, step up to the plate. We may have some spare slots, yeah, as you, as yes. you can imagine. It's, um... So it's a it's a kind <laughs> offer which you may regret when we say yes, please. Um, and and to that end, to that end, I've actually turned on comments um, on uh, Spotify oh, oh. now. Um, because so I'm, such a, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm such a, I'm such a pedigree, high, uh, uh, highly professional producer of this show. I didn't even know that there was a button saying "turn on comments." So I found that button and I have turned it on. So if anyone wants to make any comments, I'm almost ready to uh, to hear them. And if they're about Dave, so much the better. So oh um, no. Thank you very much, uh, Dave. It was very kind of you, and we would be absolutely thrilled to have you back sometime. This has been this has been so much fun, guys. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. Yes, thank you, and um, bye for now. See you next time. See you next week. Bye.